Welcome to this Time to Lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better. My name is Fred and I'm your host and your mental growth coach and I'm so ready to make a difference in the lives of our listeners. We believe that before you can lead others, you must first lead yourself. So on this podcast, we focus on self-leadership. And I'm excited to have a great friend of mine who I met through my wife, him and his amazing wife as well. And uh, online, tell you the truth, he's doing some incredible, incredible things. He's a speaker. He is a leadership developer. He's a social activist and the founder of the Relational Leadership Network. My man, Charles Edward Jackson II. What's going <laughs> on, man? Hey, hey, my brother. How you it's doing? It's kind of weird being on the other side, ain't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> You never get used to, you know, watching somebody do their spiel. You're like, oh, wow, that's good. Wait, you're talking about me. I got to get ready. It's, I got like you coming up because I'm usually the one doing what you just did. Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. I, I learned to reduce it because I, I was doing um, all this. So you learn through, I've been podcasting for six years, uh, actually, to tell you the truth. And I, I you just learned that these these this world is like two seconds long, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to scale it down and get, it's jump right in, you know. So yeah, first of all, man, I just appreciate you. I I I appreciate our online friends. So I can't wait to to, to this stuff is so all we can actually meet in person, man. You and your phenomenal wife, and uh, I'm just excited, man. So just tell me the people about the back. You know, just give me a little background about what you are and who. I, it knows I say what you are. Yeah, yeah, and who Absolutely. you are, and Absolutely. your background. Talk, talk. Go ahead and brag on yourself a little bit, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so I am a marine. I am a husband. I'm a father. Two sons. I am a leadership developer. I am a marriage coach and mentor, but ultimately, I am a person who is on a journey, mm -hmm. right, to discover my purpose and my place here in life, but in society, um, those, those things that I've been called and assigned to do, and it's not just one thing I'm noticing that it evolves and it changes. Um, so as I, as I pursue my passion and I hone in on my skills and I find those points where my gifts and abilities intersect with somebody else's need, I put them to work mm, with, with, with sincerity with 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 excellence that's that's who i am right um i'm a man of faith and i'm a man and who is a firm believer of relationships amen and that's why i'm truly thankful for our relationship how it started and, and what it's evolving to and i'm truly humble that you would reach out and say hey we definitely will not have you on the show because it just speaks to the importance of building relationships because you've had a chance to get to know me who i am and what i stand for and you know that I will fit within the framework of, of your brand yes. that you've built, not six years, but 30 years. Right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, and be able to speak and share to your network. And so sure. I'm truly grateful for the opportunity. So that, that's who I am. I, I, I lead the Relational Leadership Network as well as You Before Me, which is our marriage and family um, mentoring coaching platform that my wife and I lead together. That's all. Sh sh shout out to your wife, Ronetta, man. Appreciate it. Man. That's, that's the name, right? Yeah, Zanette, man. My Zanette, wife, Zanette, 14, Zanette. 14 years now um, from the island of Jamaica. So, ah, you know, Jamaica. Shout out. Mangoes <laughs> and jerk chicken. <laughs> Shout out to Zanetta. I appreciate that. I appreciate her as well. And also, I want to just say officially thank you for your service, brother, as a Marine. Oh, 
I'm gonna Ooh, put Rob, it in there. Thank you, thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was that was good. <laughs> you, either the mic picked it up or you just brought that from the belly. <laughs> yeah, this is listen. This is no effects. This is no hands. I know, no, <laughs> I no effects on that. <laughs> uh, so, are you an only child, man? Tell me about, about how how you grew up and what's some yeah, of the values so, that you learned. I grew up um, in a home. I have two older brothers okay. and I have two younger sisters. So I was kind of in the middle. And and growing up, you know, in Daytona Beach, Florida, is what is where I grew up until I was wow. twenty five when I left for the Marine Corps. Nice. And you know, my mom and dad were in the home. And so I had a pretty, I guess, normal, as you will, upbringing. Um, I learned a lot of things from my upbringing because I had the dynamics of a strong, spiritual, faithful, devout mom, um, Christian believer. And then I had my dad who was kind of, you know, he 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 went to church every now and then. And, you know, That's he, like my dad, <laughs> you know, kind of like that. And so. My mom will be giving us that spiritual advice or my right. dad over here saying, look, you know, do this. And it's like totally opposite <laughs> of what my mom said. <laughs> so you had to, you know, you had those dynamics playing yeah. out. But I grew up in a, in a loving home. I grew up in a caring home. And, and I'm truly thankful for my upbringing. I know 100 percent that the example my dad gave me, um, that that leadership in home leadership, mm -hmm. that was my first real example of a leader was my father leading our home. And even mm -hmm. though, like I say, him and my mom, they was they were very different. My dad was courageous. My dad was if if he told you he was going to do something, he was going to do it. Got it. If he told you he was going to be somewhere, he was going to be there. He was extremely selfish in the sense that he was kind of this self-taught shade tree mechanic, but he could do electrical work. Mm. He could do he could do it all. He drove around with tools for just about every job in his van, My tow goodness. ropes. And I said, Dad, we got all of this equipment and stuff in here. Why? He said, because you never know when you'll be driving around and somebody may be broke down on the side of the road or somebody may need some assistance with doing something on their house. And I got the tools and ability to do it. And I want to be able to help. Mm. Not looking for money or anything. And so wow. I saw that in him. And so I think that's where my service to others sure. really started because I saw him. I can't tell you how many times I'm under a vehicle trying to hook up a rope. And if it's an old woman who he felt like couldn't steer the car while he pull it, I would be the one in the driver's seat at wow. 13, 14, while my dad pulls this woman's car home for her. Right. And mm. I saw that. And so, yeah, that that was leadership to me yeah, in man. the sense of that aspect of caring for others. So that was my upbringing, man. Wow. That is that is incredible, man. It's, and, and that's the seed that was planted into you. So it's kind of hard for you to go anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? As far as path wise, although there's a lot of influences out there. So yeah. talk about your mom a little bit. Yeah. And then mom, like I say. She drug us to church. If the doors were open, we were there. One of them, you know. If, <laughs> Did you have to sing was, in the choir? No, that. Oh man, I was just looking at pictures the other day. She sent me <laughs> of me and my cousin coming down the aisle at church, getting ready to sing in the youth choir. Oh well, look at that. That's you nice. had to be there and you had sure. to participate. Right. And you know, I I did it um, without hesitation you yeah. know, for years. Mm. And she prayed over us every morning. She had us pray that type of mom where mm. if anything went wrong, the first thing she did was pray. Mm. Prime example, my sister, I had went on a trip and she probably was about eight or nine and I had been gone for a while and she was excited to see me when I got home and she was across the street when she saw me get out of the car and she took off across the road to come and greet me. And she was hit by a truck. Wow tossed many, many feet across the mm. road, landing in this puddle of water right. and was just lifeless, motionless, not moving, not crying or anything. 
Mm. My mom ran out, scooped her up, had her in her arms, and is calling her name, Cherish, Cherish, and she's not responding. Cherish, Cherish, she's not responding. And all of a sudden, she just started praying. And my mom was praying four minutes, five minutes, still no motion. And she just kept praying and speaking life. Mm. And all of a sudden, my sister's eyes popped open, right? And she got up and just came to. By now, police and ambulance are all around us. And they're pulling my mom, trying to get my sister. You know, and they're like, man, we need to check her out. And my sister is is okay at this point. Like, Mm. there's nothing wrong with her. You turn around and you look at the truck that hit her. The front of the truck completely smashed in. This big old dent, his hood literally smashed in from where the impact um, of hitting my sister was at, at eight or nine years old. What? Oh, my goodness. Eight or nine. Went to the hospital, um, Fred, no broken bones, no internal bleeding, nothing, nothing. One, because my mom always prayed ahead of time that we're covered. But in that moment, I feel like whatever internal damage had taken place, if my sister had lost her life in that moment, like I say, I don't think my mom checked for a pulse. There was just no life in her body. But she prayed for a good four or five minutes, what it seemed like, until Mm. my sister came back too. So Mm. that's mom and that's dad. And I think both of those um, experiences with my parents have shaped me. Wow, that is what an amazing story your sister is definitely a miracle but also it for those who don't believe in prayer prayer works no matter how long it takes and she just relied on her faith the immediate that that immediate type of faith that there was no other option and yeah. that's what i've learned and that's that is that's a great foundation man what, yeah. are, what are what are three things that that you struggle with when you was a young guy that you had to overcome yeah. So definitely I struggled with, you know, I, I grew up in and I had this dichotomy of my parents and the way they were raising me with morals and ethics and values and how to treat people. Yeah. And even though I didn't grow up, my house wasn't in the projects, Sure. but I grew up on a corner street. And after the, the six houses down, the project started. Okay. And it. so a lot of my time was spent in the projects, right? Mm-hmm, Those mm-hmm. That's where my friends were at. That's where yep. I grew up. So yeah. I saw the drugs, I saw the the violence, you know, I saw the gang activity, I, I saw all of that. Mm-hmm. But then, then you have my house where my mom is teaching me everything to not get into those things. And so I mm-hmm. struggled with identity in the beginning, mm-hmm. with trying to figure out which crowd I needed to fit in. Sure. And, and, and you know, when I would try to curse, it didn't feel right. right. It didn't feel right. <laughs> or when I would try to be that tough guy that's walking around breaking windows, it didn't feel right. 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 But that's what right. I was yeah. around, that's what I saw, sure. you know, that was kind of the um impact that that group or or that environment was having on me Mm -hmm. and then i go to school even though my there was a school right behind me we got shipped off to a public school with us that was a great distance from us predominantly white school and and i i then i wrestled with identity in the sense of not everybody looks like me and not everybody treats me fairly it seems and i'm in third fourth grade figuring this Mm -hmm. out so really early on i would say i definitely wrestled with this sense of identity who i was going to be what type mm-hmm. of a person I was going to be. Was it going to be what mom was raising to be? Was it going mm-hmm. to be what these streets were raising me to be? Was it going to be based on my perception of how the world viewed me based on going to that predominantly right. white school? So identity. Right. I think it was the um, biggest struggle. Was mm-hmm. there anything that you had to latch on to outside of mom, outside of the what you saw down the street that would help you to kind of pull that together and shape it? That's yeah. not your natural parents. Something that that third party. Absolutely. So around third grade, um, a, a teacher actually, oh, um, which 
it's going to be my mission to find her, uh, Miss <laughs> Linda Sue Lowry. All so right. now as I'm kind of acting out because I'm I'm going against what mom wants me to do sure. and I'm trying to be cool and I'm trying to be tough and I'm trying to figure this thing out. Uh, she met me around third grade. I was in her class, man, and she got me into reading and writing poetry. First of all, she saw something in me, mm. right, that no other teacher before her had saw because yeah. she gave me a certain amount of attention that they didn't. And she came into my life and she wouldn't allow me to be the person that slacked off, the student that mm. didn't care. She wouldn't allow me to be the one that's agitating others and being disruptive and right. not, you know, she got me into reading poetry and then that turned into writing poems. Wow. And I fell in love with reading and writing poems when I was in the third grade, so much so that there was a city council meeting in Volusia County and they needed a special guest to come in and like kick things off. And yeah. she orchestrated me in the third grade to go to this big old school board meeting and recite one of the poems that oh, I had memorized. Look at and that. my mom is there. And that's one of those moments that I'll never forget because before that, I had an opportunity to do anything like that. Okay. My mom is in the audience. I'm sitting at this table with all of these prominent board members. <laughs> and I got a placard with my name on it. I'm sitting <laughs> on a stool because they can't see me because I'm so little. There was a step for me to stand on at the podium. Yeah. Ms. Laura is there standing in the corner. She's just smiling at me. Mm. And I opened up my mouth, man, and I recited this poem, I Care I Am, I Do Believe. And at the end of it, you know, everybody was cheering and clapping for me. Mm. That moment of care, of, of, of seeing how much she believed in me, mm. that really helped me to, to come into now find out who I am and not I just... See. That that was that moment for me. Yeah. If I if I have to describe one, I'll give you one. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. What I'm a finder because I want to thank her and I want to connect with her and let now, her see the name of the school so maybe we can find her. Man, I was going to Spruce Creek Elementary, Spruce, Spruce Creek Elementary, Elementary in Port of Orange, Florida. Port you know, I've been Florida. searching. You know, Linda Sue Lowry, but there's so many pop up, right? Yeah, so I gotta. Uh, right. I'm gonna have to get some paid service. <laughs> Well, you know, if you if you are listening, Linda Sue Lowry to, yeah. to the show, uh, you Charles got Charles Jackson. E. Jackson over I'm here trying to find. You. He's all grown up now. He all grown up now, but he's looking for you. So definitely, definitely. Oh, that that that's good. So 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 let's take me into high school, man. What were you in, in the sports or? Uh, yeah, so always been athletic, man. Uh, part of the trouble that I got into when I was younger was running. Let me stop you for a second. I saw the yeah. push-ups you was doing, buddy, on the video the other day. Oh, the pull-ups? <laughs> set. Those are sick. I like. I can get three up, and I'm like, you doing? You doing ten? Like my one? <laughs> I was just like, oh, this guy's just doing his thing, man. So, so that, that was big for you, huh? So that was this in honor of the Marine Corps birthday, right? Our okay. 45th birthday. We're big into pull-ups. That's what. Cool. We okay, do. gotcha, gotcha. So doing ten pull-ups was 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 nothing. So what I did mm. was I added weight. I put the little weight button on, that. and I added like thirty-five pounds, right? So mm. nobody called me out because if I got up there and I did ten pull-ups, honestly, the Marines they'd be calling me out. Why you oh. only did ten? We oh. got to do twenty-one for the test. You know, you only did ten. So I'm like, so yeah, that's where that yeah. come from. But no, I I've always you. been very elaporate. Athletic. I'm a slender guy. I always had a slender build, so I ran okay. track always. Um, track, one of the first it. competitions that I competed in in elementary school was track and field. Mm. So I've always, you know, early on, again, Miss Miss Lowry got me involved in those those mm -hmm. type of things, and I fell in love with basketball too. Around that same time, third. Oh, you're a baller, so huh? Been playing. Hey, ball. Barack Obama, if you're listening, 
Charles E. Jackson might want to give you a run for your money, Mr. Barack. I don't have the shot that he has, but my okay. defense has gotten me on just about okay. every team that I've tried out for. <laughs> and then they saw the the offensive skill set. Nice, play. nice. But, yeah, okay. I've always been the defender on that ball. Coached youth um, basketball here in the military as well. So that's a passion for mine. Nice. So, you know, kind of fast forward in high school. I mean, going back to high school, I was in the band. Uh, so I'm a musician. I played the drums. Play? Ah! I played the drums. Anything, nice. any percussion instrument, you know, that's how I got my scholarship into mm -hmm. college. Which we, we I played the into. sax. I okay. was marching band. Nice. Man, we got a saxophone <laughs> sitting downstairs collecting dust because my boys. <laughs> This is what he do. He play it for about two, three minutes, two, three and he minutes. blowing with the cheeks out. And then he say he yeah. got a headache. I said, "Cause you're not blowing in it right, man. <laughs> you got blow this way. <laughs> you got to blow that way. way down and tuck that lip in, right?" <laughs> you remember but, that? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm a musician, man. I love music. Awesome. Uh, I played basketball, ran track a little bit in high school as well. Okay. I didn't do my best because by the time I got to high school, I discovered that um, I was popular. Kind of had my way with the women. So I think yep. during that time, ninth and tenth. Forget I really, really got off track and, you know, mm -hmm. with grades and stuff like that. Everything yeah. else became more important in school. Yeah. But uh, again, the teacher comes around 10th, 11th grade, Mr. Pikett, my band director. And boy, my my world was turned upside down, man. He he mm. called he called you, Doc. And he was like, hey, Doc, <laughs> come here. And if he saw you out of class or he saw you, yeah. on you one, he would get on you. And right now, right. here we are 15, 20 years later, he's still a mentor who I email awesome. and i call if i have an event going on i come out and he supports me dr jerry pike so again the 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 influence that you have on sure. children's lives or the people's lives as a leader in yeah. any type of position it, it could be detrimental depending on how you handle it yeah right because i was headed again down about to go down another wrong path as far yeah. as even my academics and the stuff that i was starting to get into mm -hmm. he redirected me so but i had an enjoyable high school man i uh, uh, Mainland High School, they just they told me to beach Florida where Vince Carter went. So, okay, okay, Vince you down with Vince. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. shout out to Vince Carter, Vince no doubt. Carter, man, and got your classmate here, holler saw, at him. I saw him <laughs> and Tony Bobbin and other guys playing ball, nice. Tim Pickett, and you know, nice. Vince became our hero in, in Daytona yeah, Beach for sure, absolutely. So, yeah, so it's funny, even though he played in uh, uh, Toronto. Mm -hmm. uh he can't he's his his school is originally from he's from, from florida you saying yeah yeah uh, okay that's great man yeah man that, so that, that's incredible man he left daytona beach and went to canada to put his arm in the net for us right <laughs> remember that first man where were you at on that day when he put his arm in the net man was i was it? watching i didn't i and i was kind of you know still trying to understand the impact that he was having on the yeah. game and sure, on the sure. contest in, in general but yeah the impact that he was having it was a but lot. Have, it was electric. It was electric energy. I couldn't even explain it mm -hmm, during that mm -hmm. time. It was like you just knew. It's almost like you knew he was going to do something phenomenal, but you just didn't know. And you're wondering if he's is he making this up or <laughs> like he go or what? Is it, yeah, is it planned? You know, it didn't, the, the arm and that thing. I just turned the TV off. Like, what, what, what are you going <laughs> to do after that? What do you do after that, Charles? I mean, and, come on. And he had already had three amazing dunks prior dunks. to that one, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that was it, man. Yeah, As he hung was... there for those seconds, just hanging, everybody was like, hats off, lights yeah, off. Jackson was going crazy. It's over, man. That, that yeah. was that was wild. So, so, so when, at, so, so we talk about high school. Did you, did, did you, who was your biggest influence that made you go into the military? What, what, where did that come from? Yeah. So I had no, 
aspirations of going into the military. Mm. After high school, uh, I got a music scholarship to Bethune Cookman College, March on nice. Wildcats, right? Shout I out. Stomp, stomp on some fam, you rattlers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to Bethune Cookman College, get some man. Comments. <laughs> yeah, you'll get some comments. Sorry. They was like, why you had that guy on the show? So I go to Bethune Cookman <laughs> College, March on Wildcats, and I'm in for um, a couple years, end up using losing my music scholarship. And so I started working full time. Got it. That instilled in me work ethics. I've been working. I had a lawn business when I was 10 years old. Okay. Three three neighbors' yards I was cutting. Now, mind you, and this is my my dad is no longer with us, but he was cutting those yards for about $30 a week. Mm-hmm. When I would cut them, they would only give me 10. And I discovered this as an adult. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm getting 10 me. and you getting 30 for the same. We doing the same job. Same exact job. <laughs> I had to learn. I had I had, yeah, I had, I had what he had. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. I've been working all my life. So after college didn't work out for those first two years. Okay. I went and I started working full time and I'm working full time. And then one day I went to sleep for it. And honestly, up until this point, I knew about the army. I knew about the Navy and I knew a little bit about the Air Force and didn't know much about the Marine Corps. I didn't mm-hmm. know much about the Coast Guard, Guard and didn't want to go into the military, really. I got it. At all. Okay, got you. Nobody in my family had served. I later on found out that my grandfather did serve in the, in the Army. In the Army. Got it. Got and it. I had a cousin that was in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. So I had a dream one night that I was talking to this recruiter about the military. And I remember his uniform. I saw the blood stripes on his trousers. I saw the black coat with the shiny buttons on it saw the bald head and I'm sitting here, I'm talking to him about the military Mm. and I'm thinking it was army. But then throughout this conversation that I'm having in this dream, he said the Marine Corps, Mm. he was like in the Marine Corps, we're the best. And that's how the dream went. And I woke up from that dream and I'm like, the Marine Mm. Corps, what is that? You know, a little kid from the projects. I didn't know what the Marine Corps was. So I grabbed a phone book because at the time that's what we had. I grabbed a phone book the next day. Yellow sorry. pages. Sorry, y'all. We 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 did have phone books. <laughs> that was our Google. <laughs> Didn't Google it. <laughs> Grab the yellow pages. The was next the big day. ad or small ad. It was the the big thick one. <laughs> the one that you know your parents were probably used to, to hit you if you got it. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm about 24 uh, years old at this point. Grab the yellow pages, and I look up for Marine Corps recruiter. Mm. Find a page. I find a number. I call that number and I'm on the phone and a staff sergeant, Willie Richardson, picks up wow. again, who became a mentor and became okay. part of that. Like, man, I just I'm so I can't give God enough credit, man, for how mm. he's orchestrated these particular relationships and these Come encounters on. in my life. Yeah. Staff sergeant really Willie Richardson picks up the phone. And if anybody else had a, picked up that phone, I wouldn't have gone to the Marine Corps. Really, he almost wow. looked like you, Fred. Bald head, real strong facial <laughs> okay. features, real confident right. man. You know, once Got I it. did meet him, sure. um, but very professional. He was a musician. He was a black man that that I saw in his uniform, and I was like, I guess I can say mesmerized yeah. by him, his demeanor, sure. and what he represented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like the his aura. Kind of, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. First five you. minutes, yeah. I was drawn into mm-hmm. that. As I'm sitting down in his in his office now. Um, a day or two later and we're talking about the Marine Corps and I, you know, they all have a story why you join. My father served or I always wanted to go in the military. And I literally yeah. told him, I said, I had this dream, honestly, come find out he was a believer. And he was like, hold up. 
are you saying that you had a dream? But and so we're able to now have that spiritual connection. He was a musician. We had that that connection. He was a father, wife with two sons. So now we had that connection. Before you know it, man, three months later, I'm off to go serve in the Marine Corps as passionate about doing it as if it was something I wanted to do all my life all because I life. know the point of divine encounters. <sighs> that probably blew his mind. Uh, he literally, honestly, we both at, at some point had tears in our eyes, man. Uh, yeah. How God yes. Had, yeah. That's not, you don't hear that kind of story. You hear, like what you said, the, you know, the pressure of my dad, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, now I know, yep. I, I just felt what you were just describing. How can you not love a God that does something like that? Come on. That is just, that could take us, wow, that's incredible. Come so on. how was your experience? With it? How long did you serve? I served for 10 years on active duty. Did you um, say 10 years? 10, 10 on active duty and Ooh. then three in the reserves. Wow. Yeah. And I had thank it. it was you, thank 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 you, brother. My goodness. It was an honor, man. An honor and a pleasure. Yeah. And it was fun. Sure. It was a dangerous job being yeah, in the yeah, military. Yeah, yeah. And it's stressful and being away from your family so much, you yeah. know, um, for training, training purposes, missions. And if you get deployed, um, I was never sent overseas. Okay. All my assignments were stateside. Got it. Um, up and down the East Coast, a little bit West Coast, but still being separated from your family. This the strain and the pressure of serving in the military. Yeah. I felt it, but man, it was so worth it. It was so rewarding every what morning. I got up. You or your, your so I went in um, as an, an administrator. So kind of almost equated to like a human resource professional. Got it. Okay. And then I transitioned over to be a security manager mm -hmm. and started managing our like classified works and documents yes. and systems and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did a lot of collateral, what they would call collateral duties. So, I learned to drive Humvees. I was a, mm. a human and trainer where, you know, if you get rolled over in a Humvee, what do you do? How do you get out? So mm. I was able to teach those things. I was a operation stress control and readiness trainer, teaching mm. our service members how to deal with stress once they come back from overseas. And so mm -hmm. I had various jobs like that throughout my time where, again, so much of that now plays into what I do now outside yeah. of the military that what I saw coming from little old Daytona beach and the exposure that they gave me for what mm -hmm. my life could be. Because honestly, I saw crime every night I laid down when you lay down to go to sleep in Daytona and it may be a little bit different. Now you, you know, you're going to hear tires screeching mm -hmm. followed by more tires screeching, followed by sirens, sometimes followed by gunshots, followed by helicopters. Mm -hmm. That was almost every night. Every right. Night. And so that's what I grew up around. There was times where we get knocks on the door because the police feel like the individual they're looking for is in our shed in the backyard, which mm. my mom would say, I done told, tell my dad, I done told you to tear that thing down. You got people. <laughs> and sure enough, they go out there and the person is hiding in our shed running from the police. And so the life that I thought, again, that's why I said I wrestled with identity and what yeah. I was going to be and, the, and get, I, I thought that that's all was, was there to offer. Right. But then I go into the Marine Corps and I get to travel and see the world, see other mm -hmm. countries, I mean, um, states here and, you know, hear about other countries and that exposure, yeah. see yeah. how other people are living and what they're pursuing. It it changed me a great wow. deal. That is it. So and, that, that tremendous growth on your mm -hmm. on your side, yeah. it's going from the spiritual mom, going from the mechanic dad who gets mm -hmm. thirty dollars for the grass and you get ten <laughs> uh, to be able to, you know, learn how to control yourself or handle yeah. yourself when you get run over a Humvee that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that, 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 and as you, and as I walk you through that, do, 
I can really see exactly why and how you were able to, number one, be blessed with a phenomenal wife, uh, but also the accountability that the military puts you under, the accountability that, you know, uh, being a son of, uh, of someone who's a spiritual person, the accountability of a hard worker, that seems to be like a common thread that mm. I can see that mm-hmm. is in your life that allows you to not only hold yourself accountable, but to hold others accountable. And then that heart for people, that heart and that love for helping people that naturally came from your dad, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be that, that that is part of what your blueprint is right now based on the blueprint you came up with. Is that kind of yeah, right? Yeah, that's a good assessment, man. You can you can change professions and you got, you got a lot of skills in you. <laughs> I was sitting there like, man, this my brother's deep. God, dog. I felt oh, that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's called practice. It's trying to practice this thing out, man. But that's kind of yeah, absolutely. And then the going into the Marine Corps specifically yeah. increased that those tangible traits exponentially. Got because it. that's what the Marine Corps is about: honor, courage, commitment. That's what we live by, we die by. Honor, courage, commitment to what? The things that matter. Yeah. which is usually not yourself, it's others. So in the Marine Corps, that person left or right, because if we're going to combat, they got to be trusting that you're going to have their back. You're willing to lay down your life for them, mm-hmm. but you're also willing to lay down your life for our families and friends who are back home, going about their jobs, riding their bicycles while we're over there fighting wars. So that honor, courage, commitment, it was something that from a spiritual standpoint, my mom is still with just other words. Yeah. Also my dad sure. um, and his heart for service, but then the Marine Corps, just uh, it brought it out yeah. man to a degree where i'm telling you man i came out this hard charging hardcore fire breathing hard worker dedicated <laughs> man of integrity and character man that's, that's just it. ready for it yeah, agile yeah. adaptile whatever we got to do i'm ready man how how's that how's those skills now help you to deal with crises in your life mm-hmm. it gives you this sense of two things that we say in the marine corps is when when stuff hits the fan you know, and they don't say stuff. I'm saying stuff, <laughs> clean version. When stuff hits the fan, no doubt. You know, it's fight or flight, right? Sure. And we've survived as a human species, believe yeah. it or not, based on the fight or flight. Absolutely. Back when cavemen and out, a saber tooth tiger, tiger comes your way, they're trying to figure out fight yeah. or flight, right? And so that's it's how right. we survive. Things sure. that were dangerous to us, we got the heck out of dodge, or right. we either had to stand and face Oh, we look it. around like the movies. Oh, what's going on over there? What is, what is happening? <laughs> right. Exactly. Two reactions. Go. I don't know it's where right. the third one comes from. <laughs> it's definitely scripted in the movie, buddy. Because <laughs> it's not us. Trust me. Yeah, man. So it's it's that mentality now. Um, that that sort of be ready, right? Yeah. Be ready and be available. Um, is is kind of where I'm at now, and it allows me to. Um, as a leader and as a leader de- developer, but one who is responsible for families, mm-hmm. one who's responsible for, you know, job responsibilities, my personal endeavors, that sense of uh, accountability and stuff, understanding that, you know, if if I don't do it, mm-hmm. who will? Like, yeah. and, and somebody may come behind me and do it, but I don't want to take that chance. I don't want to take that risk. I want to sure. do what I can. To be able to go and do those things, so. and that's what I like about you know the title I came up with is leaders go first, and that's that's so important. What does a leader? Because we hear that thrown around a lot, and you know, I found out what a leadership was in the last I don't know. I I, I had a lot of leadership qualities, mm-hmm. but I found out through a lot of memes. You know, you see the meme with the guy going like this, go that way, and then you say, let's go that way. What what does a leadership mean to you? Leader leadership 
is that endeavor of taking concepts, ideas, and people further than they could go on their own. Mm-hmm. And, and through that, inherent with that is empowering, right? So when I think about a leader, when I think about what leadership is, it's that endeavor of taking people, concepts, ideas further, right? And empowering others to kind of grow and mold in, into what, you know, they are designed and destined to be. Right. And to do that, talking about leaders go first, you have to have first put yourself through some type of process Come to on. learn and grow, right. hold yourself to some type of accountability and have a sense of integrity and character yourself first mm-hmm. and have studied and put in the hours and put in the work to then say, this is how you can get here. Mm-hmm. This is how you can make this become what you're trying to make it. I've, yeah. I, you, you understand? Yeah. And as you do that, you get, yeah, you have vision and, and leaders need to cast, cast a vision, but leaders have to be willing to have put in the necessary work yeah. that they're trying to get somebody or inspire somebody else to put in. Yeah. You, you yeah. have to have gone through that and you have to demonstrate it and show it consistently. Yeah. There was times where in the Marine Corps, we would have to show up for PT 0630 for unit PT. Wow. Meaning we're going to do our physical exercise together 0630. Same. I would be out there at 0530, put in my own personal work and get it mm-hmm. in. So by the time the troops came out that I'm getting ready to lead, I'm warmed up. I'm ready to go. The field is set up. I've laid out everything that they need. We already know what we're getting ready to do. And some of them would show up early and they would see me out there PTing prior to them. And they was like, you already PT an hour prior to and now you about to PT with us? Right. So then when I tell them, push, run harder, run faster, 10 more pull-ups, don't stop. You got more in you. They can think back, man, he was out here an hour before me. He's done most of this already because I need to make sure I can do the exercises before I tell them. To no do doubt. It. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> right, 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 right. And I've gotten these old bones up. And then <laughs> when they want to quit, I believe that that was in the back of their head that mm-hmm. he's not telling me to do something that he hasn't already done on, him, right. on his own. Right. I've heard it said that uh, it's, it's typically kind of like, you know, how you go on a trip. <clears throat> not a lot of people doing trips right now, but, no, you, know, no, once, no. you know, once people are going on trips, question is when you go on a trip do you want a travel agent to tell you where to go or you want a tour guide travel agent would tell you where to go and that's a nice place and that's a nice place but when they get there they're gonna say where's the first place we're gonna go i don't know i just know how to get here but the tour guide they know where not to go (laughs) they know where the holes is at the good places is at so that's what I'm kind of hearing. You want to yeah, be you, as leadership. You want to be the tour guide because trust me, uh, the 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 uh, travel agents would tell you to go places that they've never been before. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. tour guide will always let you know because they've already been there. there you go. And they also save you money, save you time, and save you from riding up in the wrong in the wrong hood uh, when you ain't supposed, you you supposed to be in the in, in the resort. So that, that's kind of why I got and that whole thing. And that's what I really based on. This this show uh, is time to lead because it's you know you really can't lead anybody unless you first lead yourself and that's the hardest mm-hmm. part that's the hardest part yeah. is that we can always we can always give everybody 
you know, what we think they should do mm-hmm. um, from the stands, from the sidelines, yeah, you know, but, but being in the game, that's, that's really the deal. So you have, I first, uh, my wife first told me about this and phenomenal, phenomenal show live. So you, you had with your incredible wife about relationships and how passionate you guys are. First of all, talk about your phenomenal wife. How'd y'all meet and how'd you come up with that <laughs> incredible show that was impacting thousands of people? Yeah, man. Zonetta, I got a name My right wife. this time. I got it, I got, I got right this Yeah, <laughs> which she appreciates. Me and Zonette, we met um, now, like I say, 14 years ago, we, we've been married. 14 so years. we met. These kids out here, 14 minutes, they ready to change stories already. <laughs> That's it, bro. They're going to turn it back in. They're going to turn, it, they gonna back turn in. it back in. They go before their family and friends oh, and man. God, and they say, to death do us part. Hmm. I do. And yes. then the minute that turbulence hit, they don't. Ooh. And they want to go to the judge to get out hmm. of it. Like, wait a minute, you just said you're going to go to God, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah, we're talking about that show, right? We met 14 years ago. Um, She had just come back, the quick version. She had just come back from Korea where she was teaching overseas, educating uh, English. And again, I was at that point, I was working full time. Sure. And while she's transitioning, she's working at Walmart, bro. All right. uh, All right. Shout out to Walmart. Cashier at Walmart, man. (laughs) Now, I was in Walmart for unbecoming reasons i'm becoming of a gentleman you know i'm scoping <laughs> out the scene i'm single and in daytona you had the mall then you had walmart and that was like you gotta be kidding me don't you sit here and tell that, me that. that was like the 24-hour mall the walmart <laughs> world so that's where we went anytime of night you're gonna run into people you know you and i can have a conversation true. like this in the middle of the aisle at walmart Very at any time because you're gonna run into people right. but you also could you know find sure. your next date whatever so i'm in there kind of shopping but not shopping she's sure. working the cash register i walk by and she, I look her way and she smiles at me and I smile back at her. Our eyes connect literally like in the movies, some movies, yeah. you know, they portray love as being kind of superficial and you, you know, those moments, but literally bro, when I say all I saw was her and her smile in that moment mm-hmm. for about two seconds while I walked by her register and it, it gripped me. I was like, Whoa, what was that? That was real right there. I needed a couple of days to kind of get the courage to go back. Yeah. which I did and I went through her line and what, I would you get would you would you pick up, up a pack of gum at the pack register <laughs> you know I was going go there I was gonna see the gum or a snicker bar so only, only so I could hand her my card with my number on it because I had a business card too because I was oh, doing outside ready. sales you was, so was like, ready I'm impressed sure. with the business card you know young black professional handed her That's my it. business card oh yeah and she saw it and literally she smiled and she was kind of right. impressed that I handed her a business card. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we and I didn't like just give it to her. I was like, as I introduced myself and kind of shook her hand, I handed her the card at the same time. Nice. Real smooth. That it took her a week to call me, though. And I didn't go back to Walmart until she did. So she Good calls me. Her. <laughs> she Good didn't for take two her. Right. Sonnet, go and ahead. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> Playing hard to get. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> We already had our moment. That was Come a move. On. You know that was a move, Charles. You know that was a move. Yeah, so she made me wait. <laughs> I go back uh, after she finally calls yep. and asks me, you know, if I wanted to, to hang out and I wasn't able to that day. So I go back to Walmart. I take my sister with me, kind of like my buffer, because she and I look a lot alike and a lot of people ask if we're twins. So I knew that would be a conversation starter. And she yeah. sure enough asks, are you guys twins? Like, no. Mm-hmm. So we, we had that moment. And I asked her out. So we go out 
Fred, man, I almost wrecked it because at the time we were doing pretty good. I got on our first day, got some music playing, got TVs in the car, R&B yeah. videos, and right, got her right. a gift when I picked her up, all romantic, okay. and she's feeling it. We right. get out of the car, though, and all of a sudden her demeanor changes, and the date wasn't all that good. Mm-hmm. I later found out she had uh, an experience with the church where she was devoted, grew up just like me. Okay. Church home, devoted, singing in choir, doing missions, like all in. But the church that she went to had a bad experience and she kind of had walked away from her faith. Sure. So I found out she saw my Bible on the backseat of the car and Ouch. didn't want anything to do with me after that. Cause she was like, I don't want no church boy. So those props, those props, man, man I thought that, it was going to be a plus. Right. It's, that was who, knows? <laughs> who knew the right? Bible almost messed Unbelievable. up. Unbelievable. Wow. Look but anyways, that. I called her afterwards cause I'm determined. I felt that was sure. something not right. But anyway, I sent her a text and I called and we ended up talking on the phone till like four in the morning that night. Beautiful kept going out and here we are like 14 years man 14 years man what's the secret bro so what i would definitely say has kept us is one we understood that we were two imperfect beings trying to love one another perfectly any advice that i would give a a person who is looking for marriage or looking for that mate don't look for the person that is perfect look for the person that will love you perfectly Mm -hmm. meaning that person that is going to accept you for the good the bad the ugly the messiness all who you are in totality and not try to change who God has made you. Yeah, you want compatibility, but it's, compatibility don't mean you both like dogs or you both like walks. Sure. It's those morals, those the, the spiritual connection, the that, was, that type of compatibility. So faith, friendship, fun, and forgiveness is what definitely has kept us together. There was times where I didn't know what to do with this woman, but God will give me the wisdom that I need to navigate that relationship early on when we thought about calling it quits around year three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God gave me what I needed to be able to to keep it together and not give up. And so here we are now. Our our platform, marriage and family platform, you before yes. me. Yes. Talk and, about and, that. And, and and that's that's what it is, man. You before me. We've learned. Um, and it's built on the premise of uh Philippians two and thirteen. It says, yeah. In in all things, do nothing out of selfish ambitions, but in all things consider others above yourselves. Yes. And we take that and that's the foundation for our marriage. I'm always considering her above myself. And you would say, well, Charles, if you're doing that, aren't you lacking? Don't you get the short end of the stick? You know, no, because Zanette is doing the same thing right. in all things. She is considering me above mm. herself. And if we're both doing it, neither one of us lack anything that we need for it. That's right. I got it. Wow. That that just helped me, man, because I'm telling you, it's like I, my my wife and I. We are learning each other in the last five years. We just got married a year ago. We both, we, you know, previously married, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the one thing that I've, 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 I've learned, and I'm still learning because when you, you know, you know, I have five children from previous marriage, and mm-hmm. my wife has helped to help me to transition from. I'm a dad's dad. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm that yeah. dad. Man. Yeah. Like, I'm the dad that said, I ain't date nobody while my kids are small and I don't care who, you know, that was me. I, I don't care what they thought. I didn't date. It was about me and the kids. And so once my kids got it to an age where I wasn't allowed on a field trip no more, um, <laughs> I had to tra- I had to transition a little bit. It was, you know, they go over there, dad. You know, it was one of those situations after we done, we've been doing this for nine years. You're going to diss me anyway. That was getting dropped, I'm getting <laughs> dropped like a bad habit. They said I read a book in Hershey Park. Who 
does that. <laughs> I read a book in Hershey Park. She left me over there. Anyway, anyway, wow. but once I got to that point where my daughter was growing up and I realized, and you know, my my last child rather, I did it with all, I did it with all of them. I got three girls, two boys. Okay, my wife's been helping me to transition. Um, that I can stop decreasing. Because all I was doing was just decreasing. I didn't buy a house. I didn't have a certain amount of cars. I walked. I, yeah. I you know, wow. I didn't have to do. I caught buses and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Just so I didn't want to make the other side look like. Even though I could have did it at any time. Absolutely. Just really. so I could, you know, I decreased. And my wife says, you know what? You're a great father. And it's now it's time for you to, 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 to be a great man. Be a great mm -hmm. person. And you wow. can do that. And she's been kind of helping me through that transition because when you sacrificing so much because you're trying to, you're dealing with a co-parent situation, you're just trying to make sure you don't make waves and all that kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, you 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 kind of, a lot of things that people would say, that couldn't be me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. That couldn't be me. I, listen, that's why it's you, not them. Right, that's that's my that's point. Why it's not them. My focus was always, even if it doesn't work out, it doesn't have to be ugly. Wow, that's the only thing I had to. The only had only left to show my kids, because yeah, you're gonna meet somebody, it's gonna work out. But if it doesn't work out, the man really mm -hmm. has the cards because yeah. a woman will multiply what you give her. So if you give her heaven, she's gonna multiply to give it back to you. Yeah. But if you give her hell. Absolutely. She's gonna multiply it and give it back to you. Man, so that's good. why it's strong that you are that you before me relationships. You're helping people to understand that you and when I seen it, you guys are talking real. Like this is real stuff. Sometimes I don't get it right, as opposed to saying it's just bells and roses all the time and everything's great. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Can't you see my smile. You see this? Look at come here, baby. We're so happy. Oh. We're Give just right up. now on camera, right? Yeah, we're just right now. <laughs> She's behind the camera right now. I asked another question, honey. Come on. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I love what you guys were doing. I was so inspired, and I didn't tell my wife. I said I watched a couple of things. I told my wife, I said, I said they're they're motivating us. We watched. We were watching this thing before we got married and learned a lot of stuff even before we got married. So I just thank you for you and Zainet for putting that together and being diligent and being real and doing some great phenomenal thing i'm sure how, how has how's the impact been when you guys started doing that and then how did that transition uh into what she's doing with her show as well and then mm -hmm. this new show you got coming uh, going out right now that i'm really really loving on the race relations that's going on right now that we can wrap yeah man um so the impact i can't i can't talk enough to the impact mm -hmm. there was times where and we know we started this to to give and to serve and to help others kind of navigate those waters that we god has brought us through yeah. right and i and so i've had the spiritual training sure. to be a good and effective husband i've also studied marriage and family in in the collegiate level right nice. to get the education piece yes and as we went down this journey, there was times where as we saw it building and growing into now a business or a you know, nonprofit, there was times where there was no monetary return. Mm -hmm. And initially people would say, well, do you really want to be doing that? But when I, I can count now five couples, 
Um, and uh, there's more than five, but five in particular that really stand out and resonate with me because when they came to us, Fred, one, one, the man said, I'm done. I'm only here because she drug me here, but mm. I already know that this is over. Mm. And this is where we part ways. Unless you work some kind of miracle, we're done. Fast forward now, married still, child, new career, mm -hmm. driving in their personal careers, their wow. marriages and everything. Wow. Couples separated and divorced, not even together anymore. Going their separate ways, come to us mm. and now remarried, a second child. Wow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, gone man. through abusive relationships and separate and able to navigate that and come back after mm -hmm. months apart. Like those are the things when somebody comes and sit down across from you where there's a lot, you're not, and, and they're in tears time and time again. And, and they're pouring out their hearts to you about all of the struggles surrounding these relationships. And you're sitting there and I'm sitting there praying, one, mm. for God to give us what to say and what to do. And even though we have our curriculum that we're going to take them through, there's still mm. something specific that he he needs to pull out in them personally and individually. Because we only can be as healthy together as we are individually. So yes. there's things individually that we have to, to work on. Yeah. And they're telling you that they're ready to walk away. And some couples, honestly, they may end up not staying together. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the decision that they make. Our job, my goal is not to make a person think that they should stay married. Now, I have my personal beliefs about it, but they have to make their own decision. My job is once they say they want to stay married to help them do that. Yes. But when I think about the implications about their families, their children who can who who either will see their parents work it out and come to have a happy marriage and it and now influences them to when mm -hmm. they go through a tough time to say, what did my mom and dad do? What did I see in them? And then all of a sudden they've created generations of marriages that work out and stick yes. and stay. Mm -hmm. I don't need to have the money in the bank to, to justify or, yes. or to give me the gratification from doing what we do. That's the impact that we're having. When I, when I see that type of growth, when, when previous clients call me up and say, man, you was right. I changed careers and boy, mm. I've never been as happier as I am now. That job was weighing on me. Like those are the impacts that we're having through that, man, while we're supposed to be doing premarital coaching or marital coaching, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're saving generations of families. Yes. Yeah. There's no price that you can put on that Charles. There's just mm -hmm. none. I mean, the, like you said, you're changing the, you know, remind me of them old back to the future movies is like you mm -hmm. change destiny. Yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of, of people's generations. That's, yeah. I mean, humans are being born as a result of the work that you did correct that are going correct. that is just incredible that is so such phenomenal work man and the fact that you guys can do that with people even though and share what you're currently going through yourselves yeah it's it's just incredible man there's no more realer piece you cannot give them the notebook version of this thing because they've <laughs> already seen that that's not true they've seen that's that true. That's, that's right not true that's but they true. come to us and they say we see something in you, the way you are either on camera or the way you somebody else referred us or, or whatever it is. They see something in you. Right. Mm -hmm. Which and, and you and um, Ayana may get this that the more you grow as a couple, believe yes. me, there are so many people that are grow, drawn to healthy marriages and relationships mm -hmm. then are drawn to like leaders and 
influential people. But trust me, because relationships dictate so much of our lives and that it's a big deal to people yeah. to see a healthy marriage and a healthy couple. Yeah. Right. And so when they come to us and say, hey, we want that because they see us loving on one another and holding hands or they see us have a disagreement, but we don't call each other names. We don't storm out. We don't blow up on one another. Sorry. And they say they want that. I say, OK, come. Mm-hmm. And then I show them some puzzle pieces. Yeah, you can. And they're like, wait, what's that? Well, we got to put this picture that you see of me and my wife mm-hmm. together for you two piece by piece. Right, right. And in order to do that, I got to show them how many times I do get upset with her. Mm-hmm. How many mm-hmm. times I don't always understand what she's trying to communicate to me. Mm-hmm. How many times that I'm that that she's not fulfilled because I'm not meeting her love, um, her love, filling up her love bank. Sure, and I got to sure. take them through that time where I wanted to walk away. I got to mm-hmm. take them through some of the thoughts that I have at night that I haven't like. And, and, and that is what is empowering. Got it. That is what is uplifting. And that is what is encouraging because if they just saw that good and tried to aspire to that without seeing that part of the process, they would be discouraged and from the beginning and wouldn't be able to get there. Yeah. They're going to fail in in, in a wrong way, not a fail forward. They're going to fail backwards Mm -hmm. because it's not going to be a real, you know, my wife talks about, you know, what we do with our kids you guys got, how many kids you got? We got two boys. Two boys. All right. All right. Um, and, and and we talk about the, the the picture we try to paint for our kids, whether it's a mm-hmm. great picture or whether it's not a good picture. Or like for my instance, I was trying to create a sense of normalcy in the midst of dysfunction. Gotcha. So, but even though it may be okay for a little bit, eventually you start, um, you rob them of the skills, the life skills that they're going to need when it happens to them or if it happens to them, because they're going to think, okay, well, it's kind of my son. He, my son felt, oh, my dad, well, he got, he got separated and he's, him and my mom were cool. So I'm going to do this with my, with my girls and things of that nature. And, but he doesn't understand it's a whole situation with what I did and what you did. Your situation is going to be different. My mm-hmm. thing's not perfect, but it was the best that I can do. Your situation right. got to be different, but it's don't don't compare it to what I'm doing, right? Right. Because right. you're 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 gonna think that that's a uh, you know it's it it's the way. It's not it's the, the way. way. It's a way. Yeah. Yeah. It's always yeah. a way. It's never the way. My way, like you said, my puzzle is here. Yours mm-hmm. is different. And yeah, with our children, it is. It, it's, it's 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 extremely important to be yes real with the children and explain things. And I was watching your video the other day. We'll get that in a second. On you got to be able to let them know what it really is, mm-hmm. but present it in a way that's palatable. And at the same time, it's truth. Yeah. So you guys having these beautiful sons. Even in the midst of what you guys are going through as a couple, what lessons uh, do you feel are the most have the most effect on the kids when it comes to showing them the relationships that you guys mm. have? Yeah, it's a it's a question that I uh, I want to ask them, and mm. I'm actually going to do good. a segment 
Okay. And I'm going to ask them. But there's times that my wife would sort of ask that question that you just asked me in a way sure. to the boys. My yeah. oldest one especially. Mm-hmm. How old is he? He's 13. 13. Okay, gotcha. Okay, and cool. usually he'll say something along the lines of, well, dad is always thinking about you. I know that dad is always thinking about you. And he all he and she'll say that she's like, your son always say, dad, mom, don't you realize daddy is always trying to make you happy? Sure. Like if he's done, if he's doing something like you gave him a hard time about that, but he was just trying to make you happy. Like, I think he gets that. There's probably he other stuff that he gets, but I know he gets that. And he That's even becomes my advocate. He'll yeah. say, do you know, dad, it was just trying to make you happy. Wow. And he's right, bro. When I tell you that when you become to that, when you come to that place that you're connected with um, your spouse so much so that their happiness is really a pleasure for you to see. That's good. Right. That's, that's where I'm at. And my son sees that. Mm, And to me, that's so humbling. But if he can just get that lesson that I'm serving his mother, my goodness, like when I don't say what I want to say, it's because I'm still serving. Serving it, right, right, right. Right. That's, that's <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so if she fussed at me because I washed the dishes, but I didn't quite put them in the dishwasher rack, rack the way she would, and yeah, I created yeah. a little mess and there's water on the floor and I miss cleaning it up, and she come yeah. by and fuss at me about it. <laughs> He'll look at me sometimes like, but you just washed all the dishes. <laughs> she not even thankful about that, you know. And he's Make processing sure. those type of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Make sure you give him men are from Mars, women are from Venus. You got to give him. Okay, okay, okay. Great book. But that is a great book because it will, because you two guys see one thing. (laughs) Right. That this is done. (laughs) But from the other side, if if, if you're in my household, (laughs) I do the dishes, right? But I'll do the dishes. I'll throw the, you know. I'm washing and drying and rinsing all at the same time, and I took it to the side. That's how I grew up. My wife yeah. is used to sinks. Oh, uh, okay. You know, there's, okay. A, there's, a, there's a wash sink, and there's another and sink. There's another and sink. Yeah. There's another situation. <laughs> then, then you know, I, I might rinse real quick, and then you know, I put it in there. <laughs> but it might be one speck or something that may be on the back of the dish. <laughs> <laughs> I missed. <laughs> so even though I said it's done, yeah, it's not done. So that's funny. You know the the, the difference is no, we are, we're different in that sense too because I'm used to a sink for washing, a sink for rinsing, oh, and I, okay, I dry them in the rack and then I put them up. My wife she'll sit there and wash them all in one sink. You oh know, yeah, like and so that's her style. Or yeah, that's me. I, yeah, yeah. The, the thing is now, but the thing is. It's a way and the way, right? Yeah, man. My wife will explain to me, and she'll say, "Why would you? This is me. Why would you wash and dry in the, in the same thing? The water's dirty." Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, you know what it is, but this is, <laughs> this is my blueprint. This is, you know. So that's why I think I think marriage and relationships is important to be able to have that that method of communication and understanding mm-hmm. your frustration because it's all. Because even though sometimes you're frustrated, you still learn from it. You still Absolutely. learn. Absolutely. You we may call not acknowledge it. Yeah. What do you exactly. call it? We call it cherish, cherish it. versus change. So we have a, a little segment that we run around Valentine's Day, and okay. it's called the Cherish versus Change Love Challenge because we're trying to get you to find something that may have even drove you crazy about your spouse nice. or something that, you know, is totally different from you and find a way 
to see the value and the worth in it. True. And then each day you kind of find one of those things that runs about five days and you write it down in a journal. Nice. So say it's the way your wife does this and it used to bother you or maybe, you know, whatever. And But you find a way to cherish that and not try and change it. That's we good. do that for about five days and it's good. And that's how that's awesome. a lot of couples have come to us because they want us to change something about their spouse. Yeah, now, there yeah. are bad habits that you can have that is going to destroy your relationship. And we attack those. Sure. But we're not trying to change the essence of the person. Mm -hmm. We think we need to change the essence of the person if we're going to be happy in the relationship. Mm -hmm. We have to cherish that. Got to cherish that. So you listen, we, we can talk all day about that. And I appreciate you going there because I think that the listeners are getting a lot of so much value from this, especially in relationships and leadership. So. I want to switch it up real quick. I'm going to wrap up yeah. on this. It's real chicken. I, I want to actually, if, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to bring you back on the show, man, another day. Man, I would be honored for him. All right, cool, cool. So talk to me about the shift that you did, because I know you were doing a couple leadership um, uh, lives, and then all of a sudden you shifted with the race talks uncut, talking race relations, social divides, and certain differences. And I lost, I watched the video yesterday and I and I, I saw what you talked about and I actually love the fact because you are a true leader. Because when leaders have leadership intuition and they're talking about the blue paper and they need to talk about this bug that's in front of them, <laughs> you made the shift. So talk about how that shift was <laughs> and uh, what you yeah, came up man. with based on what our country's been going through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you say, man, I know that uh, leadership is in me and a leadership developer, that that's who I am. And leadership covers all facets for me. Sure. I have leadership development for men, leadership development within the context of your community leadership within the context of the marketplace as a family man, you know, and so all things leadership, that's my space. Okay. And so we were running the, the virtual summit when crisis and courage collide. And then all of a sudden we had all of the civil unrest, mm -hmm. right? And we saw the protests, we saw stuff being burned. We saw all of the hate jargon and memes starting to come across social media and how our country was just being torn apart at the seams. And I'm sitting back and I'm watching it um, hurting. Like yeah. what's going on in America? Mm. What's going on with us as a people? The United States is now so divided that our differences and the things that used to make us strong because we were able to come to some type of agreement are now creating not just separation, but hostility and animosity. Mm. And I saw all of the division out there and then the Corona hit and then we had to yeah. separate and divide even more and it made it easier for people to kind of talk trash because they can do it from social media, right? Yeah. 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 My a friend of mine was driving down the street and he was called the N-word. Now, before that wouldn't have really happened. No. It was right. boiling and building up. Mm. Like I might have felt a certain way about a sure. black man or a white man, but I probably wouldn't articulate it. But right. now this sense of confidence to speak up and speak our mind. And I saw that and I was sitting back and God said, in times of crisis, leaders have to do a couple things. They have to relate relationally. They have to research and ready themselves. Mm -hmm. They have to cling to their convictions. They have to cultivate courage and fortify teams. Mm -hmm. And in all of that, that's creating unity. Sure. And God said, unity, we need to unite. We need to unite. Yes. And I said, "There's we are a race-driven country, and we can't hide it anymore. We have to have those courageous conversations. Yes. I said, God, what can I do? And God literally said, it's time to have some talks. Mm -hmm. What type of talks? Race talks, uncut, unscripted, 
get down to the nitty gritty because there's so much misinformation uh, within the context of races, Mm. blacks and whites and Latinx and, you know, Asian American. There's so much misinformation. There's been a lot of misrepresentation of a certain people group in this country. And I said, what do we need to do? Well, we need to rewrite that narrative. And it starts with passionate discussions. It starts with coming into an environment not to judge, not to throw stones, but to seek understanding. Yes. Because that which we don't understand, Fred, we're going to shun, we're going to um, avoid, or we're going to outright hate it. Yes. And that's what I was seeing. People who were working together, all of a sudden they work into the room, and I experienced this. I mm-hmm. walked into a room where I had been in several times, and there was tension in the room. Mm-hmm. And the relationships were different because we're trying to figure out how to, how to navigate this time. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to create an environment where I can create that space where my education and my training in the middle of writing a book um, has taken me down that path of exploring our history here in America 600 plus years yeah, to see how we got here so that I can speak to the change that we need and not talk about it from a place of just standing back saying, oh, it looks to be this way. No, I've done the research. That's right. I've dove into the books and I've inundated myself with race relations in this country and now i created this platform so that we can have race talks on cut so that we can learn and we can grow and build the the america that we really want to see the problem is we've never seen it Mm. we've never had the equity that we're trying to see we've never had the unity that we're calling for right right. we had the civil rights and we had laws and legislations put in place on paper but the true change and the equity that we're trying to see, we've actually never seen it in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's so difficult. And so I wanted to create that space for us. I think that's incredible. I think it's needed. I think it's relevant. I think it's right on time, man. And uh, it's, 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 it's so important because the elephant is in the room. It had, he has been in the room. And now we, the fact that you were bringing this up, it allows us to be able to talk about these things. And we know on the pre-interview, we're talking about, you know, the challenges that 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 I was having and you mm-hmm. even helped me with that. And so I I appreciate you doing this. I, you know, I, I think it's I think that you're more than qualified to be able to do this. Um, and I, I think, think that anybody who believes in values, who believes in character, who believes in, you know, letting this, you know, kind of letting the air out, out of the, out of this balloon, you know, mm-hmm. before it pops, because obviously Maybe it's it's already popped, you know. Right, and right. I'm I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like you. There are certain things that I would see, you know. I was I was damaged in 1978 when I saw Roots. Okay, I'm just gonna put it like this. I've been watching Sesame Street for seven years. I've been watching all these different shows and everybody's uh, uh, Gomer Pyle and <laughs> with the Waltons, and there was nothing. There was nothing wrong with it. I didn't see nothing wrong with it. And then right, <laughs> one day. Right. <laughs> One day I see roots, and next thing you know, I'm in school, mean face and a mean muggy, right? Fourth grade, right? But right. You know, after a while, I started realizing over the course of my, <laughs> my career, you know, we are human beings, but at the same time, right. there has been a and I told my wife, you know, when when, when George Floyd and stuff was going on, I kept saying to myself, somebody is giving a green light on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Back to train Trayvon Mark. Some who keeps authorizing this? Why aren't they stopping this? Like mm-hmm. somebody's saying, "Go ahead and do what you got to do." I got your back. I just kept right. thinking, you don't just keep doing something if the if the if the head, right, 
is puts it out. But if the head puts it out, like you know, we have seen the stand back and stand by thing. What happens is this is this is the concept that you get. So I'm glad that we're gonna be able to have look forward. I'm looking forward to being able to to check out race talks uncut and also um just it's gonna be live on Thursdays. Live on Thursdays, man. I go on my Facebook page and my Instagram page page simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Okay. You uh, tell me what that you know if people if people want to get it kind of get a hold of you uh yeah. regarding this particular it's going to be incredible yeah. man so uh, listen race talks uncut, uncut. yeah talk man so we go live on instagram on thursdays okay um at officially charles jackson that's my my handle on um social media Got it. so if you you find me there you'll be able to connect with us at officially charles jackson or also on our relational leadership network page so relational leadership which is at relational leaders on facebook and you'll be able to stay up to breast of what's going on but i do appreciate the support i do appreciate this opportunity and like you say man those those you're talking about systems fred yeah, it's man. systems that have allowed this to go on right and that's what we're that's what we're up against mm-hmm. we're up against systems and systems are hard to break down that's why it takes all of us it takes everybody who is playing a part in the system to be able to bring it down and uproot it. And so that's why these conversations are important. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to wrap up with this last question. Um, if someone is interested in being able to um, uh, get into a position to be able to express themselves, but they're kind of like holding back because they don't want to, they don't want to offend their friends or family or mm-hmm. work colleagues, what kind of advice would you give them? That's that's a great question, a great question, because so many of us and I've I've even wrestled with it myself. Sure. Right. So many of us are trying to navigate that sort of heart tug that that I want to do something or need to do something. But there are so many implications. My job, my family, um, I'm, I'm a sworn officer. or I sworn to this. This is this is what you have to do. Mm. One, you have to look at your platform like like we each have a platform, believe it or not, like you and I have online platforms. Right. But then within the context of our daily lives, we all have a platform, a gift or an ability that we can utilize. So if you're a writer, go write your Congress, send them an anonymous letter. Right. Or act, write your city officials about an issue like use your ability to write. If you got a podcast, start a show and talk about it. Bring folks on that can speak to it in a healthy way, not derogatory, not to cast stones, not to tear people down, but to lift up, like use that gift. If your platform is your social media you're following every now and then share a positive quote that's related to race and relationships and equity in this country or share a historical quote or fact on your social media platform. Like that's in our inner circles, of course, at the table with your family, start there in your circles with your friends, start there. Use the platform that you have coupled with your gifts and your abilities. If you have the ability to organize, go to your community. And then the next time they have a town hall, organize a group of people to say, hey, we're going to put up signs or we're going to go stand out um, this weekend for this. Use your platform and use your gifts courageously, understanding that when you do the right thing for the right reasons, nature will take care of you. And the repercussions that we are sometimes fearing, they don't even come. Mm. And the the reward of following that passion and doing the right thing for the right reasons will be so much more rewarding 
when you actually step out and do it compared to sitting there and wrestling with it and staying, you know, restless in that restless state and trying to figure out if there's something that you should step out and do. Because honestly, in this, I really had to get to this point where this was so important for not just myself, but for the world in general, that if it cost me a few things, a few relationships that I hope it didn't, or a few opportunities, those are the ones that I didn't want or need anyways. And I had mm. to be resolved in that. And it took me months to get there. But that's kind of where I'm at now because I understand the severity of it. Because I look at my sons and yeah. the and world that I want them to live in and their Absolutely. sons, right? And I look yeah. at opportunities, Fred, that you and I want to have that we might not be able to have right now with these current systems. True. And if we just continue to settle or if we continue to allow that type of fear to hold us back, then we'll stay operating in systems that are not really set up for us to excel at the highest levels. Man, you said a mouthful. I appreciate you. That is Charles Edward Jackson, the second speaker, leadership developer, social activist, founder of the Relational Leadership Network. You are listening to the It's Time to Lead podcast where leaders come together to grow and get better. And also check out his brand new I would say podcast live episode two. This just I just saw yet the other day on the, on the, on the, on, the, on November eighteenth. Temperature check. Let's keep the conversation going. <laughs> race talks uncut. Talking race relations, social divides, and accepting differences is going to be on live on Thursdays. You can check him out on Instagram at, at officially Charles Jackson. Facebook is facebook.com. Of course, Charles Jackson the the second, which is the the Charles dot Jackson with the I and the I for the second dot mm -hmm. seven, seven brother. This has been one of the best interviews I've done in a very long time. And I am just grateful for you. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you, man. I'm so, so happy that we were able to connect. This is amazing. I've seen you and watched you from afar, man. And um, when I got the call, trust me, I was smiling from ear to ear, but I was also <laughs> like, Man, it's time to leave podcast. You know, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Your energy, what you bring to the table, what you bring out, you know, the gifting that you're operating in, man. I've seen it and just truly a part to be a truly happy to be a part of it. So thank you for having me. Appreciate it, man. My wife, Iona, and I and I, we send you our love to you and Zanette. And we appreciate you, man. And tell her I said, hey, and I keep pushing. <laughs> All right, and uh, I'm gonna be. I'll be shooting this MP3 and MP4 over to you, my friend. This is a way of my saying thank you, and use it, and how you gonna use it. And I'll let you know when the episode airs, man. All right. Thanks, my brother. Hey, man. I talk to you. God bless you, bro. All right. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>